When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode of Writing Excuses has been brought to you by our listeners, patrons, and friends. If you would like to learn how to support this podcast, visit www.patreon.com slash writing excuses. Season 14. Episode 17. This is Writing Excuses. It's like car talk meets Welcome to Night Vale. Fifteen minutes long. Because you're in a hurry. And we're not that smart. I'm Howard. I'm Mary Robinette. I'm Dan. And I'm Dong Wan. And we are talking about comp titles, those things that you cite when you are trying to describe the thing that you've created in terms of other people's stuff. Uh, Dong Wan is back with us this week. Um, and Dong Wan, in your line of work, agenting, use comp titles kind of a lot. Comp titles is how we think about the universe. So uh, comp titles are, are just, for clarification, it means comparative title. So anytime you're talking about any given book, uh, what you're usually doing in the back of your head, if you're a publishing professional, is automatically coming up with the one to two to three titles that this book reminds you of. Uh, and part of the reason you're doing that is in publishing, one of the main questions is, who is this book for? And the way we talk about that is we use other books as a proxy. Um, so if your book is like Brandon Sanderson's Mistborn, then that tells you something about who this book is for and hopefully how many copies it's going to sell. Yeah, I uh, just sold, at time of recording, I have just sold a uh, middle grade to Audible based almost entirely on the pitch Home Alone in Space. Hell yes. And that is working everywhere. The editor's taking that around the company and says, hey, can I get some resources for what? Home Alone in Space. Yes, here's all the money that you need. And so a really good comp title can have incredible value. That is basically how I sold my first novel. It was Jane Austen with Magic. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then I also have The Thin Man in Space. <laughs> Which I've wanted to read for so long. I, I will point out that Every example of a comp title we've given so far has been one book with an extra element, and that is one way to do a comp title. But most traditionally, what you really want to do is have two different books. And mm -hmm. in the Venn diagram, in the overlap between book A and book B is where your book lives, right? Um, and so the ones that we've been giving so far can be really useful just to get a feel for what the book's going to read like, but it's not telling enough yet about who this book is for in terms of the audience. And that's um, sort of an interesting gradation that you'll see. Yeah, the first evolve. time, the first time I ever had to come up with a comp title for my work, um, I was making a pitch to a media guy who, of course, never got back to me because that's the way a lot of these things work at comic cons. <laughs> um, and I described Schlock Mercenary, Schlock Mercenary as uh, it's like Babylon Five meets Bloom County. Babylon Five. Uh, science fiction that pays attention to story, science fiction that remains consistent, Bloom County, uh, comic strip with short serial elements. Um, so in that, is Schlock build a cat? <laughs> um, 
if you pay close attention, both Schlock and Bill the Cat have mismatched eyeball sizes. Oh. So the answer to your question is not no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My work my work is not just highly der- derivative. Yeah. It is it is markedly and easily identifiably derivative. <laughs> we all stand on the shoulders of giants. Yeah. yeah. Which is one of the things that that I think is interesting about comp titles is that that I find that when I come up with the comp titles early in my process that it also helps me sort of uh, refine what it is that I'm working on. Um, that that sometimes it's like, oh yeah, this is a this is an element out of that Venn diagram. So as we're going through this, um, I kind of want to talk about what we mean by the Venn diagram of where the two books overlap. Uh, and you're the one who introduced me to this idea, Dong Wan. So I'm going to put you on the spot and make you explain it. Uh, so the Venn diagram is really useful, um, and I think the way people think a lot about A plus B is they tend to think that it's the combination, is the full territory defined by book A plus book B. Um, and that's, that's the wrong way to think about it. What you're doing is you're looking at the narrow overlap between those two books. And uh, one of the reasons this is really useful in pitching, for example, is it does a lot of the work to define what genre and what category your book is before you start telling people the details of your book. Mm-hmm. So if you start saying that, you know, it's Star Wars meets Jurassic Park, then you already know that this is for someone who likes dinosaurs and laser swords, right? Um, it's not the combination of those two things. It's you're putting the laser swords in a park full of dinosaurs or something to that effect. It's also worth... Uh, calling back to uh, our, oh, was it season 11, Elemental Genres? Mm-hmm. Yes. Calling back to the Elemental Genres, and I, 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 let's talk about Star Wars and Jurassic Park. Um, it will not always reverse engineer this way, but if you are talking about Jurassic Park because there are cool monsters and it is a horror story in which there is a sense of wonder, and you're talking about Star Wars because uh, Campbellian mono, monomyth and swords, then, you know, if those are the elements in your story, Star Wars meets Jurassic Park is a great way to say which elemental genres uh, you are using. Um, but it could also be, um, you know, dogfighting spaceships meets uh, biological technology <laughs> That hasn't actually gone wrong. I'm now picturing mm-hmm. raptors learning how to use uh, X-Wings, and it's a really delightful image. Yeah, yeah no, I, I, I would totally there read the yeah. heck out okay. of that. Now, now, Mary mentioned, Mary Robinette mentioned earlier the, um, that it's, a, it's often a very good idea to come up with this comp title, this comparison, early in your process. And one of the reasons that that can help is it can help you identify audience, and it can help you target your market a little better. Uh, I sold my YA cyberpunk to the editor, to the publisher, using this is Veronica Mars meets Blade Runner, which is great, but he's my age. And it very quickly became obvious as we started figuring out how to market this in the YA market that when we sold this six years ago, there were no good, well-known cyberpunk properties for teenagers. And we tried everything we could think of. Today, it would be easy. Uh, because we have, there's a new Blade Runner movie that's been very recent. Uh, there's all these other cyberpunk things that are popping up. We, we've, I use it now. I mostly pitch it as, as Overwatch. But six years ago, if I'd have taken the time to think about it, I could have identified maybe, maybe there isn't a slot in the market for this, which is what turned out to be. It was a very poor seller because the market 
I was maybe two or three years before the market was ready. And um, then, sorry. Well, I just, I wanted to, I wanted to pause for a moment for a book of the week because that sounded like a nice point to transition, except Dong Wan had a thought and I didn't want to step on it. <laughs> I'll say my thought real quick. And, you know, Dan has stumbled on, I think, one of the reasons why uh, publishing can be a very conservative business sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's one of the flaws in the system. Um, it's how we think about things, but it's one of the issues is if there isn't a prior example that's been successful, it's very hard to do something that is very new and very different from what's come before. Now, there will be breakout moments when that thing happens and you get to do this big new thing, but oftentimes there are a number of books that preceded it that didn't get traction. Uh, often when somebody says, oh, this is a brand new genre, that's not actually true. That work has been happening. It just hasn't been selling particularly well. Hey, writers. Are you thinking about learning a new language? I think exploring the world, experiencing other cultures, and being able to communicate with people outside your everyday experience lets you create richer, better stories. A great way to do that is with Rosetta Stone, a trusted expert for over 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. They use an immersive technique which leads to fast language acquisition. It's an intuitive process that helps you really learn to speak, listen, and most of all, think in the language you're trying to learn. They also feature true accent speech recognition technology that gives you feedback on your pronunciation. It's like having a voice coach in your home. Learn at home or on the go with a desktop and mobile app that let you download and access lessons even when you're offline. And it's an amazing value. A lifetime membership gives you access to all 25 languages, including Spanish, French, Italian, German, Japanese, and, of course, Korean. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Writing Excuses listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors, and add blocks. No custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise, and with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Well, that's kind of a down note to talk about a book that we want. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I really The positive spin on that particular thought is that my kind of tepid rea- reaction to cyberpunk actually paved the way for the new Blade Runner movie to be a big success. Exactly. <laughs> That's where <laughs> exactly. I'm going to go with this. You put a lovely <laughs> stepping stone. <laughs> who's, who's talking about uh, our, our Katie Martin's book? Uh, I believe that is me. So our book of the week uh, is Arcady Martin's A Memory Called Empire. It's a brand new space opera that's just out from Tor Books. Um, and the comp titles that I, I have been using for this book would be that it is uh, Jean Le Carré meets uh, Anne Leckie's Ancillary Justice. 
It is a political murder mystery set in the heart of a future massive galaxy-spanning empire. Um, and a young diplomat is sent to the, the heart of this empire uh, because her predecessor, she discovers, has been murdered. And she needs to prevent her tiny nation from being annexed by this empire. Uh, it's a really wonderful, fraught political thriller full of massive world building and a very sort of complex view of how people interact and how empires work, um, which is where the and lucky part comes in. Uh, it's, it's a wonderful read, and I hope you'll all enjoy it very much. Outstanding. That was A Memory Called Empire by Arkady Martin. Yes. Um, available now? It uh, should be available now. Should be, because we record these things in advance, and our <laughs> listeners never get tired of us talking about this weird time travel thing that we do. Actually, according to some of our listeners, they really do get tired of it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll cut all this Are out. They- <laughs> it is absolutely available now. Yes. Um, so one thing that, that I wanted to, to kind of circle back to about um, about when we're talking about uh, the, the comp titles and, and how to pick one is that there's kind of two things that you're looking at. One is the set dressing of the, the thing, and the other is the structure of the thing. So the set dressing are things like, um, you know, Jurassic Park. If we think of Jurassic Park and the set dressing of that, we think of dinosaurs, we think of, of, of a park. Uh, but the structure of Jurassic Park is thriller uh, and, and horror. So when you're, when you're picking your comp title, I think it's important I think that it's worthwhile making sure that that you're trying to find a comp title that has uh, both axes in alignment with what you're you're picking. Otherwise, if you're like, it's like Jurassic Park, but it's all gentle and soft. Unless your other comp title brings the gentle and soft into it, you're going to wind up sending a, a false message. Like to, Jurassic to Park meets Gummy Bears. <laughs> then, then I think people. But Ooh, see, yeah. Then yeah, your raptors are just bouncing around the park. I'm That's digging that. Yeah, but that could be giant. That sounds delicious. <laughs> but that could be, I mean, that could be like the Stave Puff Marshmallow Man version yeah. of, you know, well, one giant thing rampaging gummy bears. One thing I point out when talking about comp titles is you don't have to just say it's like A meets B, right? You can say different things about it, right? Mm-hmm. So you can say it's the voice of A and the world building of B, or you can say it's the plot of this meets this set dressing element. In the example I just gave for the Arcade Martin, you know, Jean Lacare is providing uh, the elemental genre. It's a thriller. It's a political thriller. And then Ancillary Justice is providing voice and setting more than anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, and Or, you know, one I talk about a lot is Marina Lostetter's Numenon, which is, um, I talk about it as an Arthur C. Clarke big idea story as told by Octavia Butler. So it, it gives you, this is old school big idea science fiction, but told with this contemporary voice that um, has a cultural focus. Yeah. Another thing you can do is um, add a third element to throw in a twist. Yeah. Uh, my partial series, we marketed that as this is The Stand meets Battlestar Galactica starring Hermione Granger. And that third element can kind of be the wrench that that helps the other two twist around. Dan is very good at this game. Yeah. I will point that I, out. I, I'd like to take a moment and and leash this just a little bit because in my experience, and I'm, I'm excited to hear if it's uh, at all universal, uh, the comp title tool does not work well with large bodies of readers, if I'm if I go to if I go to the to the customer and tell them this is like Star mm-hmm. Wars meets Jurassic Park, 
they they do not have necessarily the vocabulary, the, the syntax to know that I'm not saying the nostalgia you have from Star Wars and the nostalgia you have from Jurassic Park, you're going to get both of those in this book. And and when I've when I've seen people try and pitch their books in that way, uh, often with often with hand selling, um, it it feels fraught. Whereas if you're having a conversation with an agent or a publisher or an editor or a bookseller, uh, they speak that language and they know exactly what you're doing. I think that you're right that that if you do a shorthand, that if you just toss it out. Just as those two comp titles to the average reader, they don't have the the insider shorthand. But I also think that if you use those as the basis of a longer sentence, mm-hmm. uh, that that it is very very useful. That it's one of the things that um, that with the, the the way I talk about calculating stars to to readers is I say uh, so. It's 1952, slam an asteroid into the Earth, kicking off the space race very early when women are still computers. So it's kind of like Hidden Figures meets Deep Impact. And they're like, oh, oh, sign me up for that. See, that, mm-hmm. that is a, for me, that is a perfect pitch. Um, except not, that perfect pitch has a different, <laughs> it, is an, it is an outstanding elevator pitch for a book because it goes very, very quickly. And at the end, you have planted a hook um, and that, for me, is one of the most important parts about these these comp titles is that it's supposed to give you a bunch of information, but also invite you to ask a question, which is, Hidden Figures meets Deep Impact. How bad does it get? Yeah. Well, and the other thing is that I'm also focusing, using the, that initial sentence, I am telling the reader which parts of the comp titles mm-hmm. to focus on. So I do. it's like you have to decide what is important and why you pick that comp title and then set it up when you're talking to a reader. And I'll also say the comp title is a really clarifying exercise. It helps you focus on what are the core elements of your story that you want to be telling to other people about the book that you've written. So once you have your comp titles in mind, all of your copy, your longer pitch, that can descend from that. So even if you don't end up using... Uh, the the actual comparative titles when you're talking to a reader, um, if you meet them on the street or in a bookshop or whatever it is, um, you still have in your head the target audience in mind that is shaped by those overlapping properties. And Dong Wan, I think that's a great place to to phase into our homework, except Dan's telling me he I, wants to say something. There's one important thing I want to point out before Go. we leave comp titles, which is in line with thinking about your audience especially when you are pitching this, when you are presenting this to an agent or an editor, keep in mind that they have already heard four bazillion of these. And so don't use the really obvious ones. Don't use Star Wars, Harry Potter, Game of Thrones, because they've seen those so many times. Well, the thing I want to add to that, just a little bit of of clarification about why those are bad, is because the comp title is a proxy for the audience. So if you say Harry Potter, then what you're saying is, my book is for every human who's ever existed on the planet. <laughs> That's not useful information. It may mm-hmm. plot-wise be correct or may have elements that are correct. Um, yeah. So you can cherry-pick an element. You can say starring Hermione Granger just because that's a good shorthand for a character. But you can't use Harry Potter as a comp because it doesn't tell me anything useful. You've only give, Your Venn diagram is a circle of the human population. And I think that's <laughs> probably the places in which I've seen the hand-selling fail because if you tell me you know, it's Harry Potter meets Jurassic Park, 
I don't believe you. <laughs> and that's not, that's not the result. That's not yep. the result that you wanted. Mm-hmm. We have homework. And uh, your homework is to come up with six comp titles. Now, what I'm going to recommend is that you take some work in progress and you come up with three comp titles that are from works in progress. And then you come up with three additional ones that are for work that you have not written, but you just think would be a cool combination. And literally the Thin Man in Space, uh, which we have just sold to Tor um, at the time of this recording, that began as a comp title. I had the comp title before I had anything else. So six comp titles, three for existing works to help you clarify what you're working on, and three as as an initial brainstorming for something that you might want to write. And once you've got those three that you might want to write, boy, the hook may be planted. It it may be time to write it. Uh, In fact, you may be out of excuses. Now go write. Writing Excuses is a Dragonsteel production, jointly hosted by Brandon Sanderson, Dan Wells, Mary Robinette Kowal, and Howard Taylor. This episode was mastered by Alex Jackson. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.